0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Darling, we're going to get you out for a nice lunch and a little glass of wine. I you'll feel much better. Wine. No, you'll feel much better. You do need a glass of wine. Giles has got a bit of a hangover this morning, haven't you, darling? Yes. I was fine. I can do all the talking. I feel great today.
2: You said that I looked tired and hungover.
1: You do, but. But you are do we, look. We're we going and now. Oh,
2: this is this, is, this podcast is going to be about my hangover? Yeah,
1: we so, haven't had a podcast apparently. about a hangover for ages. <laughs> you said you said just you, I said I said, darling, you're right. Do you need anything? You you look a bit tired and hungover. <laughs> you, and I knew you were hungover because you bounced because you 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 slept in you slept in the in, in Kitty's room last night and Kitty was in with me. I slept and, in the
2: only room in the house where we can do anything. Having a hangover is one thing in a house with all these rooms, and I, we can only be in this room, Kitty's bedroom, which I slept in.
1: Yeah, um, I know. Anyway, but I knew that I knew that it was all bad when you bounced downstairs this morning, going, "Well, I came home at eleven thirty, and I was asleep by one, and I woke up at six. as if you were trying to like talk yourself into the fact that you were underslept and hungover. And then you said to me about twenty minutes ago, "I don't know why I'm so hungover. I only had four gimlets, four gimlets. I'd be in hospital after four gimlets."
2: Well, I went. Well, you see, I went out for dinner, and then I went to the Groucho Club, which I haven't been for years. And and, and the, the chap who's just bought it was there. So he kept sending over gimlets,
0: mm-hmm.
2: vodka and and lime cordial, my favourite, which I used to drink
1: when so I it was I, gin and lime cordial. Oh yeah,
2: it? it was gin. Right,
1: I'm a bit hungover. Oh You're right, my it's gin. God. Vodka right.
2: gimlet, gin gimlet. No, it's gin.
1: Yeah. Okay, um, right. Uh, so moving on. Um, well,
2: all I have to do is not be hungover by the time I write my column when you give me an idea for it. <laughs>
1: wondered if we could talk about another famous uh drinker, Richard Harris.
2: Right. Just a sort of brutal, angry, stupid. You actually, you're drunken actually bastard. don't you
1: actually don't have as much of a problem with alcohol as I he, do. He
2: he it was him and um sorry, you'd be talking about your alcoholism
1: now. Well we can if you like, but I don't think we've really got enough time. The podcast is only half an hour long. Uh so it was you mean Richard Harris and Oliver Um Stone. Stone. No, Twist.
2: no Twist. Uh You're the one with the brain this morning. Oliver Reynolds. Oliver, the guy with the fun, the punchy guy.
0: Yeah. Who Oliver, died
2: and they still made the film anyway in Gladiator. Gladiator.
1: He died halfway through Gladiator. Oliver Reed. Oliver Reed, well done. So it's Richard him, Harris, and, Oliver Reed. I think
2: Peter yeah. O'Toole, Richard Burton. That's right. That's all they really and then and they acted in some things which the, just involved shouting and punching and, and sh- So
1: this story <clears throat> This story, which was in the Times, is about um Jared Harris who is one of Richard's uh, Richard Harris's, I think, three sons. The Jared, one who you always Damien forget, the Jamie. actor, and you always go, oh, gosh.
2: Like, one, but he was in um, the thing with the with the advertising. He was,
1: um, he's in everything. He's very, Mad very Man. good. He's, he's in Mad
2: Men. And it basically, it, it, once a year for the last 10 years, I've seen a story about Jared Harris being Richard Harris's. son. I've of course, Jared, he's, he's Richard Harris's son. I didn't know that. Jared, he, one entity forgets it and then remembers.
1: Well, Jared Harris... I mean, I know that fathers and sons are always a big conversation in this house, but Jared Harris is one of those examples of someone who is... I mean, he's he's possibly even like a better actor than Richard Harris. I mean, he, Jared is a, is an amazing actor. Better than Richard actor. Harris? Yeah. Better
2: than just getting absolutely hammered and going... Rah! And then right. punching someone.
1: Well, I wonder... I mean, you seem to have quite a head of steam about this. I wonder if there's something to say about Richard Harris. So this story that was in The Times is about how Jared Harris... Um, who is now 61, uh, recalled a story where his father had gone head-to-head with a younger man in Covent Garden. Dad hits the guy with a sucker punch, he said. He pretends to put his Guinness down and then leaps up and knocks the man out. The guy's out cold on the floor and his girlfriend's dancing around saying, you killed my boyfriend. So Dad throws his Guinness in the guy's face and when he starts to wake, realises, I'm not going to win What's the round story about? Two. Why is this in the newspaper? I have... Well, this is in the newspaper because Jared Harris is in a documentary called The Ghost of Richard Harris, right. in which Jared and his two brothers, Damon and Jamie, unpack their father's archives, which included photographs, letters, literary works, documents and blah, blah, blah. So I, you seem to feel quite strongly about Oliver Twist's stone read and also Peter O'Toole and...
2: I'm, I'm shouting a lot and faking enthusiasm to try and mask my hangover oh, with okay. no, nothing rattling my brain, rattling around in my head like pee. Uh
1: I, I wonder, I mean, I did think that maybe there was a there was a column about kind of, uh, you know, manliness and being a man. And th- there's an angle where you could say you do, you're you not crazy about snowflakes, but it's just so much when I when I think about what what passed for manliness. When I look at Oliver Reed and Richard Burton and Richard Harrison Peter O'Toole, I'm actually I think we've actually come quite a long way or something like that. You know, when I think about how to teach my son to be a man and not to shove couscous down the shirt of another boy at school because he's saying something mean about QPR—not that, hypothetically, that didn't happen. Or maybe it did.
2: Well, Sam got in trouble for fighting. There's two things there. You took Sam to a boxing class yesterday as well, didn't you? But the boxing um, class is a
1: bit real for Sam, yeah. Uh, but not, but perfectly real. I'm going next week.
2: Uh, are
1: you? Yeah, intro to boxing on Thursday.
2: Um, and that's not because of all the hot, muscly young men there.
1: No, they weren't that hot or muscly. They were they were fine. They were just they, boxing types are a type. They were just sort of g- love, genial young men.
2: You need to hold this podcast together and keep I it in the straight line together. and the narrative because my brain's everywhere.
1: Okay,
2: uh, but when we're jumping about, so, they, so you, there's, there's, there's Richard Harris pum, pum, punching someone. You 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 alluded to Sam's punishment at school. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that Sam was brought out of school by his form teacher the other day, and she walked towards me, sort of. With Sam and I thought, oh, he's banged his head or something and had a special <laughs> concussion <laughs> notice or something. You know, so he's found, and, and, and in fact, no, she wanted to talk to say that you know that Sam's in trouble because um uh he hit a boy at school,
1: which he denies. Which he
2: denies uh for dissing his football team. And Sam was a Queens Park Rangers fan, and this boy who's a Liverpool fan had been dissing him and saying QPR were rubbish. And the fact is, if you're a QPR, you know, I, she was so, so she was telling me this, and I was going. Pff, 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 you know, well, no, because
1: quite the, 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 hard... funny, the funny thing was not that he hit the ball. Oh, I'm, which she, which I'm telling the story
2: right, in a okay. row, so getting to the funny bit afterwards, having okay. set up the thing so that people know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. controversially. Um, and uh, so she, she brought him out, and he was in trouble, and it was just very. And she said, you know, Sam's in trouble because he hit someone. And it's quite hard not to laugh at the thought of it, because how bad a thing can a nine year old really do?
1: So slugging each other, yeah, in the, in the lunch hall.
2: And it turned out that he. The, and it's very difficult if you're a Queen's Park Rangers fan because. When a Liverpool fan says your, your team is rubbish, you don't know what to say because you are much more rubbish. It's a whole separate thing and it's a whole different kind of commitment. So Sam said, I didn't punch him. I poured couscous down the back of his neck, mm-hmm. pulled open his shirt and put two portions of couscous down, which made it into a wonderfully middle-class crime. I like that. Mm. Ever since Roy Keane and his prawn sandwiches, we have, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a sort of default line, uh, which I think, and I think Sam, anyway, I can't talk.
1: Okay, fine. Well, so let's leave that behind. I know it's nice talking about Sam, but let's talk about your column, actually. Um, my idea for you, is that there is this talking point about what it is to be a man? Okay, so we've got Richard Harris's sons looking back on the fact that he was a brawler and a drinker, and him along with Richard Burton, very manly Welshman, and lots of brawling and drinking and smoking, and and these were the kind of you know masculine. Oh, I want to be like, and you want to be like them. When when now it's sort of it's sort of faintly awful to be sort of going around sort of pretending to put you know fainting to put your guinness glass down and then just sort of punching him in the nuts when he's not looking that kind of thing. you know is that like is that heroic now is it heroic then what is what you know what does it all mean and and who who are sam's kind of masculine icons going to be and i suppose sort of heroes now are kind of that that nice boy who organized the the free school lunches rashford marcus rashford you know that there's this kind of sort of slick agile sportsmen who also do good things those are models of masculinity now and is that better or worse than Richard Burton and Oliver Reed
2: that nice boy who uh organized the free school lunches is a funny way to talk about Marcus Rashford Um,
1: I just briefly couldn't remember
2: I I was thinking Jamie Oliver (laughs) uh and Marcus Rashford is off to the World Cup did he get in the team Ben he did get in the team so uh but so that they've all let themselves down terribly I mean um I I'm I'm I don't know whether I should let Sam watch it right Um, I don't know whether we should should pretend the World Cup isn't really happening. I find it quite, um, it's sort of distressing that they don't understand how terrible it is. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, You touched on it in a notebook, didn't you? I did. Yeah, you said that. But, I mean, the thing is that, I mean, isn't this simply the inevitable kind of you know greek tragedy conclusion that you have when a sport is so massively overfunded and overhyped and it's not even a, it's a, a, it's like christian cristiano ronaldo one of his criticisms about manchester united it's not a sports club it's a marketing exercise yes
2: unfortunately i would say the criticism of cristiano ronaldo is that he's not a sportsman he's a marketing object he's far more interested in in uh, his brand than he is anyway look we I know oh,
1: I want no no wait I want to talk about that because I I think that I think that people people I think people having a go at Cristiano Ronaldo is actually really really unfair because what he is is he's a sole, he is a sole trader and I think that he is a, that he has become I think that he is a product of the football system I don't think it's <clears throat> I think you get I think football has the football as it deserves rather and Cristiano Ronaldo, he's absolutely, enti- he's 36 or 37, he's made the most of his slightly strange personality and his, um, you know, whatever, I don't, is he talented? Yes, I mean, I feel like he's talented. Yeah, I think he's a very good footballer, And player. he yeah. sort of works out a lot and sort of looks amazing. And he, but he's also, he's he is operating within the bounds of this slightly broken thing, no?
2: Yes, I'm, I'm starting to think about whether whether he's a bit like Richard Harris. Uh <laughs> Sort of still brawling on at thirty-seven, or, or or you know looking at the sort of very you know is is he a better or worse role model? So just trying to think because I'm my head's in a bit of a mess. what about what about sort of it needs to have, does it have a peg? But like role models for Sam this week, Richard Harris, yeah, the footballers. You're right, I did touch on the on, on the footballers, and I did mention I did say what I thought. So there's a limit to how much I can surprise people with my opinion that we shouldn't they shouldn't be going to the World Cup. Uh, that men who purport to care about political things, which footballers do now, they mm. take the knee. Mm. It's this controversial thing. I, I support fully the taking of the knee. I find it moving and sweet that they do it. And at Queen's Park Rangers, I don't know whether they do in the Premier League, I don't watch that. But at QPR, which has always been a club with lots of black players and always been part of a West London mixed ethnic community, they do they do it every week for about 15 seconds. Everybody claps, nobody whistles. I find it moving and good that they mm. do that. Um But then, we're not sending any players to the World Cup, apart from two Africans, a Moroccan and a a, a, a Senegalese, who, who probably won't even play. But all these other players going off to the World Cup, they've been taking the knee, and now they're all flying off to make their name, they hope, yeah. in a country where they still have slavery. So the is about slavery. It's about Black Lives Matter. It's about the legacy of slavery and colonialism. Mm-hmm. And Qatar is, 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 is still, it still has slavery. It still has indentured labourers, effectively, migrant workers that died building the stadiums. I was speaking to a very, very famous commentator about two weeks ago, I was having dinner with, and he says, "No, you must can't mix sport and politics like that. They're footballers; it's the biggest moment of their career. They're just football; it's none of their business. They've got to be allowed to go there. You know, so it's a great unifying thing. But they are because you mentioned Marcus Rashford because they campaign because they yeah. they, they 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 criticize our government. They take the knee because they think that there is uh, systemic racism in this country which still needs to be stamped out. And they must... and then they've gone to a country which is
1: it's, a, it's like a plot twist. And, it, and homosexuality like, like plot... is illegal, even yeah. though they wear
2: rainbow armbands. It's like know? a
1: plot twist in a Ben Elton." But yes, it's like you know they're doing all these amazing political campaigning, and then they're faced with going to this really d- difficult country in terms of. And that would things. be
2: actually a stand. Uh, although it's re- you know taking the yeah, yeah, lead yeah, yeah, with yeah. all your mates is not actually brave. And it's they just... get shit
1: for it. They do get shit for it. Of course. And after the last
2: right? World Cup, the three three black players who missed penalties oh, got God, got. Right, yeah. We don't know how much, but it was all on Twitter. That it might. I, I want you, you continue to hope it was just a few people making a lot of noise. But yeah. they, they, of course they get all that. But a really really big gesture would be to say we're not going to Qatar. <laughs> There'll be more from Esther and me in our kitchen after a short interlude. But to find out what I wrote about in the end, why not pick up a subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times and enjoy one month absolutely free. Just search the times.co.uk forward slash Charles Corran has no idea. I've been promised that this will take you to an amazing offer rather than just a website created by Ben randomly containing all my broadcasting mistakes. Although I'm sure that exists somewhere, it's just going to be up to you to find it.
1: instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and press on falsies. Okay, you're possibly not in the mood to discuss this, but there was a story today uh, in the Times on Monday about men uh, flying to the United States for leg lengthening surgery.
2: Yes.
1: Increasing numbers of British men are flying to the United States for leg lengthening surgery in an attempt to become taller. Uh, This sounds absolutely horrific. While the techniques used vary, the operations can cost... Do you know how much they cost? Have a guess. No, don't look at your story.
2: Well, I cut it out as well, you see. All
1: oh, right. right. Yeah. Well, don't look. Okay. Guess. Do you know? Can A you leg
2: lengthening look? thing.
1: Yeah, in America. Well, let's see. My
2: penis lengthening operation <laughs> was well, 14,000. So I would imagine... With, <laughs> I don't know. I, tw- leg lengthening, it must be 50,000 quid.
1: Yeah, not. it's 80,000. Because this is America, so of course.
2: 80,000 quid. Okay. If what they could do yeah. was make you, it claims, three inches taller, for 80,000 quid, that would be brilliant. But if what you get is yeah. having your legs broken in fourteen different places and being in traction for five years and then finally standing up and wobbling off down the road like your legs are made of spaghetti, yeah,
1: for and the rest being of your horribly, life, horribly, horribly, horribly scarred. Because how else can they do it? They they can't give you your legs aren't going to look like Cristiano Ronaldo's, are they? They're going to be some sort of horrible Frankenstein's monster, sort of mishmash of different. I mean, let's just describe what the procedure is, okay? When it, I they, yeah. they generally involve. Breaking bones in the legs and gradually lengthening them and using devices. Few surgeons in the UK offer the procedures for cosmetic purposes. It sounds absolutely hor- horrendous. In Harry Potter, when Harry Potter breaks all his bones in his body and then someone makes the bones in his body in his arm disappear... The nurse make him... all
2: Oh, I wish I. I must go read those seven novels which I've never. It... The
1: nurse gives him Madame Pomfrey. I think she's called. Gives him Skellygro, and there's a there's a passage where Skellygro.
2: She's brilliant, that S- J.K. She Rowling. She she's is. not just up there on gender rights, but she can invent really brilliant names for things that grow your skeleton, like 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 Skellygro. Skellygro,
1: and there's a passage in a book where she describes how painful the process of regrowing bones is. And I think it's probably as painful as this. I
2: love the fact that that's your medical reference book. It's not Grey's Anatomy. People will it, enjoy it. It's, it's J.K. Rowling says it's really painful, growing bones. Yeah. I think, I, well, look, it, it, we, you're bringing this up because you've cut this out because you feel that like you're married to a shorter man. Is that right? I mean, um, relative to our producer yes. here, who is Ben, who was telling us that he was six foot tall when he was 11, mm. I'd literally have had him put down. You can't. want to buy, buy this fucking six foot thing. It's bad enough bearing having a five mind, foot son. Well,
1: bearing in mind that Sam is going to be six foot two and Kitty's going to be your height, um, there is a thing. I look. I not only is the, eleven. No, I think I think you're the look. To me, you're the perfect. I height. know, but look.
2: So here's this thing. So the, the, there's the, um, the the oldest patient. is a guy called uh, Debbie Parshat is the, is the is the is the surgeon Kevin Debbie Parshat. Uh, His oldest patient was 68, a British architect who was living in the US and increased his height by three inches. He said he explained that he'd always wanted to be taller and that he wants to go through the rest of his life knowing what it's like to be five foot nine. Yeah. The guy, And I want to tell him being five foot nine, mate, what it's like is people think you're short. Yeah. So he has had his his height increased from five foot six to five foot nine only to have people like Ben going, hello, short ass.
1: Ben would and, never do that. No, it's, Ben's it's actually like, no. he's one of the nice it's tall people. people like right. Jeremy Clarkson going hello, short it's All
2: Jeremy ever talks about. Yeah. how yeah. he wants to put his rest his pint on my head. Aww. Yeah. But he doesn't That's rest mean, his pint. He isn't throws it? it straight down and then throws the next one down <laughs> and the next. He stores his pints in his mouth. <laughs> um, but there is there is a possible sort of um, for most patients the maximum he can drink Like light, a kind
1: of beer hamster. <laughs>
2: Most... wobbling
1: around anyway sorry go on
2: well see there's what the column would be would be me in defence of short people
1: of course of co- like obviously I'm not and saying what? you're going to write a Do column about think, leg can, leg,
2: can leg. I just roll out if I'm still hungover tomorrow are we drinking tonight or you're out and I'm home
1: I'm out I have so but be you'll be...
2: have a hangover tomorrow no no I have I'll to be, be fine. quite
1: sober tonight I have to be quite sober tonight really yeah because it's lots and lots of people and when I get drunk I embarrass myself so I have to not
2: the, 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 the maximum increase in height is six inches. I'm sorry, but what do they put in? It involves breaking bones in the legs and gradually lengthening them using devices.
1: I mean... Uh, is that
2: all this? Okay, do it then, mate. And you go into a genetic and they... they how li- long does it take? Ah, and how do the bones heal? And is your knee still bent? Or are that- you like someone on stilts?
1: Do you know what? I think it's because that I think I think due to... It could be
2: six foot three. I could be bent height. Are you six foot three? I could be six foot three. You're I Just could...
1: bumping your head on things and, and look, I can't like sit properly on an aeroplane. And
2: I think if I, when I was finally healed from whatever thing had made me six foot three, mm. I think Ben would probably beat me in a fight. Yeah. Got feel, and I doubt I'd be able to run away on the legs that had been <laughs> stretched by six You're, Exactly.
1: Inches. I mean, you are quite scrappy. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't want anyone. I wouldn't want anyone. I don't. I wouldn't fancy anyone's chances against you in an actual fight. <laughs> you'd th- th- you'd th- sort of bite people in <laughs>
2: It's better being short. You can just
1: you pretend to put your Guinness down and then punch them in the nuts.
2: He said, "I think this surgeon said, I think with men there's pressure to have a particular stature: tall, dark, and handsome." Uh, so I do think there is this association with masculinity, being a man, having a certain. Stature. I
1: also think that there is a massive problem. I think the problem is being made worse because of. Um, fucking disgusting dating apps. Dating so when you so you 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 as a person on a dating app, you you make your profile and you know what you're looking for and what you're looking for in a person and lots and lots. This is not me, just just me saying this, but the things that you're looking for in a person they completely arbitrary. And all girls say, "Well, I'm tall," you know. Whereas, Do you have to
2: put your height on a dating app.
1: Uh, I believe so. And then there's a lot of people. A lot of men say, "You know, I'm six foot tall," when they're actually. Five foot nine, but but it's completely stupid and arbitrary because your your dream man might be five foot ten, you know, and 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 because you said because you said oh I don't want it's just silly it's just completely silly and this whole thing about height in men which is completely 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 stupid and completely arbitrary and doesn't mean anything. It it it's led to be, to, to men spending eighty thousand pounds on having their legs broken and put back together. I mean, it's just completely shit.
2: Well, also, it's very expensive. But then the reason, but if women ever do go out with a short man, it's only because they're rich. So when women say they don't like short men, no, I um,
1: go I go out with you because you're funny. Although you did tell me that you were rich when we first met. It's true. Um, you did advertise that. Perhaps You've also, I think five
2: foot nine, which I am, mm-hmm. is the commonly accepted like. Cut-off point between <laughs> midgets and humans. I think there's a there's a thing where where um it's like it's really bad for blokes who are like five. And no, a Richie's Richie's five six, isn't he, or something? I mean, he's a properly properly small. He's,
1: he's petite, yeah. And
2: I think I think that's the thing. Like five foot nine is just about acceptable as long as you've got a car and a job and money. Mm. And then you need more money going going down. So at five foot seven, you can. Go, and the thing about this leg length, Until thing, we get to Bernie it's very Eccleston. expensive. But short men are broadly wealthier than tall men, aren't they? Mm. They're like Bernie Eccleston, because
1: well he he actually had polio Did so he? that's completely different yeah but well that's why his that's why his daughters are taller than me. Oh, yeah, is true.
2: so um but if you're shorter it's okay if you've got money but the thing is if you spent all your money on your legs length, exactly like, what, what, you what got kind left? of girl can you get if you're yeah. if you're five foot six with a couple hundred grand to spare mm-hmm. a bird will go out with you spend it all on becoming five foot <laughs> ten but having yeah. no money
1: but, you're, but you still don't meet the the, the six foot cut off and the, when you, you meet a girl in a pub or say, or and
2: she's and you, she goes, oh, you're already tall like should we go out for dinner? He said, well, I haven't got any money. Why not? I spend it all on my leg lengthening operation. She said, "Ooh, can't wait to get you into bed." And also, <laughs> sorry, the aforementioned penis size thing. Right. What if you have your, because there's proportionality, isn't there? doesn't, all appendages by and large go, it's all about the same. Basically, if you're five foot four with the sort of penis someone a five foot four can carry around and you have an operation to make you six foot four, but you don't have your penis lengthened, right. aren't you going to have like a disproportionately small penis?
1: My very, 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 very small experience, because obviously I was a virgin until we met, it doesn't go together.
2: You've only seen my penis. You I haven't... have, yes. No, penis, no, yes. no, you're saying it doesn't go together.
1: No. Not reliably. Okay, I've got one more. I've okay. actually got two more. I've got two more. Look, I've done... Look, look you always say, oh, you never perfect. Look, I've, I'm carrying you through this entire all. podcast again. Okay. What? You
2: think you've... Ca- we've, I think we've barely started.
1: Okay. Well, I've got two more stories and they're quite good. Okay. Okay, from the mail this week. Off to a dinner party, says the headline. Prepare for a ready meal. Ditch the napkin rings and don't bother laying the table. The traditional dinner party is dead. I wonder what shit survey this is from. Um, Guests can now expect microwaved ready meals while they slump on the sofa, a survey suggests. The poll of 2,000 Britons found 8 in 10 reckoned. The very term dinner party was old hat and most of us wouldn't bother dressing up with 70% opting for their comfiest clothes such as sweatshirts and tracksuit bottoms. Just have
2: a look and see if this is sponsored by delivery or something.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, oh, yeah, I know. I'm just... A spokesman for kitchen appliance firm Stoves, which commissioned the survey, said a starter of olives and hummus with pita bread, a microwave main course... Fucking hell. I mean, I'm lazy, but I wouldn't that do that. Is... A microwave main course and some ice cream with berries for dessert... Took just seven minutes to put together and cost around twenty pounds for four friends.
2: Ugh.
1: Yeah, food writer Rose Prince. Hi, Rose. Said dinner party show come dine with me has scared many off inviting friends around to eat. Um, so I wondered if there was something. To, uh, dinner parties are always quite fun to talk about. Aren't they? I mean, the
2: dinner party is dead story. It's like the oldest, most written. I mean, it kind of
1: is, isn't it? Yeah. They just
2: it's, it's all the time. It's people that ever since there's Nigella cook to show who you are, not who you want to be. Uh, yeah, you know, don't try to. Yeah, is is.
1: Uh... But they, uh, I another thing that you do that is always very popular and reasonably straightforward to write is sort of um nostalgia pieces. So I wondered if there was something about your because you quite often talk about the dinner party. Excuse me.
2: What was that? Was that a little belch?
1: It's a little hunger belch. Yeah, because I'm doing my my fast and I get a little hun- kind of hunger belches where my stomachs, my stomach's uh... basically my stomach saying, "Where's my fucking toast?" And me saying, can't have it yet, sorry. And you quite often lament to me that we never have. And you say, oh, you know, when I was little, my parents used to stay up until two in the morning playing craps or bridge or whatever it is. Craps? What is craps?
2: It's a dice game. They play in casinos. Is
1: it? I don't mean craps. You you, I mean, you
2: kiss your hand and go rattle rattle rattle. Come on, Mama needs a new pair of shoes. And you the, the dice and yeah, they, my it's, parents. Didn't sorry, do I that. don't.
1: I don't. I'm not really. They play a bridge, but anyway. Um, so they they would play bridge and stay up really late, and you know the nanny would put you to bed and stuff. And there was this kind of glamorous dinner party happening downstairs, and that doesn't happen in our house because we don't have a nanny and we don't want to stay up until two o'clock in the morning. Nobody <laughs> wants you, to come to our house. I, we, uh, don't, we never No, that. no, I I, I don't invite people round to our house because I just get so tired and stressed by nine o'clock. And my closest friends know that you have to leave at 9.30, but other people don't. Anyway, I just think that there's a nostalgia dinner party piece to be done. You look fucking bored. Well,
2: if you're saying the dinner party is dead, mm-hmm. we never really have dinner parties, but we have got to do some cooking over Christmas. Yes. Um, Maybe we can just give people... Uh, hummus and olives and then a microwave main course okay, So and- what
1: you're telling me is that you want to do a humorous column about it all making a christmas dinner for lots of people all sounds like fun in theory but when it comes to it it's all a big clattery mess you could do like a three men in a boat kind of hilarious farcical slapstick thing yeah and then say so you could start so in terms of like structuring the column you could start off saying uh, dinner party is dead, people are doing olives and hummus and then micro- microwaving a main course, had disgusting, da-da-da, go on like that for a bit and say, well, I don't know about you, but well, over Christmas, we're hosting 12 people and we're going to have a cape on and this and this. And in fact, I did, a, I did a practice run over the weekend and then this happened and this happened and this happened. In fact, you know what? I'm, I'm up to you, Mark's <laughs> expenses or something I like t- that. I
2: just realised that I did write a column which was along the line of roll up for your Christmas badger. Uh, last year when there was a, when there were shortages it's, of everything yeah. because of lockdown and I did the, 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 the Christmas bill you could make if you can't actually get which yeah. is a shame because I'd like to roll that, another excuse to roll that out would be the fact that the avian flu is meaning no turkeys
1: but why don't you just roll them all up together and you could the peg can be the dinner party the dinner party's bed is dead and then you say uh, this is pathetic because mo- I think Quite a lot of people would see microwaving a main meal for four people, and they would go, What? You know, that, I mean, is anyone actually doing that? Maybe I'm. Maybe that's snobby of me. I don't know. I is feel that a, like. <clears throat> was there a burp
2: or a cough, or what are we. There's another, we, hung, there's another hunger burp followed fasting. by a small throat clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then a cough. It's,
1: it's, it's all going on. It's, it's a riot. It's a <laughs> disco. It's a party. Oh, by the way, so this Christmas, all right, we've got to have separate jobs. I cannot, either you're doing the bird or I'm doing Can the you bird. Needle? Okay, am I going to do it at all? Brilliant. That's great. Fine, perfect. But then you were not allowed, like literally not allowed in the kitchen. Like looking over my shoulder and poking it saying, I'll be going to, oh, oh, don't forget to have some food.
2: But don't if you rest it, don't rest it with the thing so that the skin gets all like, crispy. Because like, well, like, what's really bad is when, no?
1: I'm sorry, I, I rested the chicken this weekend with with foil and, and the thing and the, and the skin was perfectly crispy.
2: Yes, it was, you're quite right. No complaints about dinner
1: this weekend. No, the, 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 it was quite nice, wasn't it? Mm. And you didn't need to come in and interfere or poke it about or no. be annoying at all. So, so you know, look, it's a, it's a rich seam that you can uh, that you can mine for this for this piece that you're going to. I'm write slightly worried if, of... if
2: I've had my six inch leg operation by then, I won't be able to bend down to get into turkey into the oven.
1: <laughs> I'm actually a bit worried it's not going to fit in the oven. A capon.
2: We won't be able to get. We won't, there's an avian flu. We won't be able to get any of those things.
1: Ooh. God, you're right. Actually, I did actually email the butcher, and he hasn't got back to me. So maybe there is a. Maybe yeah, yeah. it's just going to be we're going to have to have like we're going to have to shoot our p- pigeon in the back garden. Yeah, squirrel. Yeah, there we go. That's look is a good. No, a I did good. it
2: last year. I did literally badger for Christmas badger last year. Right? Well,
1: you're just going to have to recycle it and make it slightly different.
2: You've been listening to Giles Corrin Has No Idea with me, Giles Corrin. And me, Esther Walker. It's a Wireless Studios production for The Times, produced by Ben Mitchell. You can listen to us on The Times Radio app or download from wherever you get your podcasts.